Well, day one of winter meetings is in the books. We have a, a, a plethora of signings and moves that are already happening across baseball. Not too many on the Tigers' side of things, but we did have President of Baseball Ops Scott Harris make some comments, was available to the media. We're going to talk about what he said and then talk about what's happening around the league all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, December, December, that's the name of the month, 6th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. All right, we are uh, we are back, obviously, and the Detroit Tigers did not do anything on Monday, on day one of winter meetings, the week-long event that is one of my, if not my favorite week of the entire year. So we kind of set the scene yesterday, and now today we actually have concrete stuff to talk about. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to break down, most of the show I would say is probably breaking down Scott Harris' comments. He really, uh, I, you know, whether he's a really good President of baseball ops or not is still very much yet to be seen. He hasn't done a whole lot. He hasn't been here very long. So we'll see how this works out and and all of that. But I do respect and appreciate the transparency that he has as opposed to what we've been fed for the last six years from the previous regime, which was I'm not going to tell you literally anything and I'm just going to repeat myself. 90 million times a press conference until you shut up. So I'm very appreciative of that, at least. Um, and, and there is actually a lot to talk about. And there were some personnel, coaching personnel moves that we will talk about as well. I think the thing I want to start with is Scott Harris made a comment about the starting pitching market and said that it has accelerated more quickly than most of the other segments of the market. And that it's going to be kind of hard to predict if that's something that will continue to happen or what is going to happen with the starting pitching market. And that is a fascinating comment to me because we talked about a little bit yesterday and we've talked before yesterday as well. We've talked several times already this offseason about the starting pitching situation. And Scott Harris did say, quote unquote, uh, we need innings. And that is that is very true. And we've talked about the, that on this show at length, right? This is still a team that needs innings and they, they need to find innings somewhere. Now, we'll talk about another comment he made later and talk about maybe where those innings are coming from. Um, but he, he did state that the starting pitching market is moving a lot faster than than maybe this front office anticipated, and also that they, again, still need innings. So what does that mean? I think that it could be 
just stating that there might be pressure to get a starting pitcher sooner rather than later. Uh, I also think that it might be why Matthew Boyd got $10 million. And yeah, I you know, when looking forward and, and, and how that might affect the Tigers going down the road, obviously, if all the best pitchers get taken off the board early, then they're not available for you. So that one's pretty self-explanatory, but I do think when it comes to the not like this starting pitching market for free agency really was, I I don't want to forget anybody, but off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it was really just like DeGrom, Verlander, Rodon, and then everyone else is in a similar tier. Okay. I'm not just saying that every other pitcher on the market is just the exact same. However, if you were to to make a, a tier ranking, those three would be however you rank them, whatever, that's subjective, at, at the top. And then everybody else would kind of be in this giant pool below those top three options at, at starting pitcher. So we'll talk about Rodon later too. He, he There's some rumors coming out about what he wants in a contract. But um, I, I do think that when you're looking at then the rest of the pitchers, the, the cream of the crop is starting to get taken. And like, especially if Rodon goes soon, then you're just going to be looking around. It's just going to be a free for all. And then pitchers are going to start flying off the board even quicker than they already are. So that's something that is, is objectively true. Like the statement he made, the comment he made about it going quickly is, is very true and something that we all need to keep an eye on and obviously, you know, the front office more so than us probably. Um, so that that's definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. Kyle Funkhauser, he mentioned, I thought that that was a, a really intriguing comment that he made. Uh, Kyle Funkhauser was notably non-tendered, one of the more notable non-tenders of the list of players that were and he made a comment saying that they have been in discussion and is not opposed to bringing him back. I think if he did bring him back, it would not be on a 40-man roster invite. He might find his way on the 40-man by the end of 2023, but I think that the plan would likely be to bring him back on a minor league deal. Clearly, whatever injury he had last year was brutal and, and lingering because he did not pitch a single inning of baseball in 2022. So I, I think that if they were to bring him back, it would be on a minor league deal. He can finish rehab or whatnot, and, and and that would probably be the plan. So something to keep an eye on for sure as well. One of the bigger conversation points that he had was talking about the catching market, and that was something that there are several quotes going around from him. Also, by the way, I do this all the time, but shout out to our phenomenal beat writers. This was not like a televised event. Um, so all of these quotes – And all of these statements from Scott Harris are from our fantastic beat writers that we have in this city. I talk about it all the time. We are truly blessed in that regard. A lot of stuff from Cody Stavenhagen, a lot of stuff from Jason Beck, a lot of stuff from Evan Petzold, the dog, um, McCoskey, right? Like uh, Evan Woodbury, like they're all of them just do fantastic work. So uh, those are, those are five very talented gentlemen and uh, are we are very blessed that they provide us a lot of info. I'm pretty sure, I don't know uh, the status of all five of them, but I'm pretty sure Stavenhagen and Petzold are there at least. I don't know the status of the other three, but I'm pretty sure they posted pictures and they were actually, Stavenhagen's caption was kind of funny. Anyway, 
back to the thing on hand. I just want to make sure that it's very clear, like where I'm getting these quotes from and, and give them their respect because they do a phenomenal job. So the catching market was fascinating to me because there has been a somewhat of an assumption. Maybe it's by me wrongfully. So, I mean, we'll find out, but I have been pushing the narrative on this show about the fact that I think we need another catcher. And that's not a slight on Jake Rogers. And it's certainly not a slight on Eric Haas. Um, However, you need a catching duo in today's day and age of baseball. That's pretty objectively true. There are very few catchers that are going out there and playing 140 plus games these days. You need a duo. All right. And my opinion was Rogers hadn't seen MLB pitching in like a calendar year and a half, almost two years, like closer to, to two years than not since he will have seen MLB pitching when in, in 2023. Um, and Haas, I, I mean, Hasi was like probably the best hitter on the team as far as, you know, players that had a sample size of across the entire season. So, no, I mean, yeah, give give Hasi at bats for sure. But um, I was under the assumption that they still wanted to add, and I, it was partially my, I guess, subjective opinion that uh, I wanted them to add another catcher, and I, I still am of that belief. I'm not gonna gonna pretend like that's not still my mindset. But when they asked Harris about it specifically, he did not seem super. I guess, like keen on adding one, not that he sounded like he was against it. And he was like, no, we will not add a catcher. But he basically stated that the, uh, well, first off, he mentioned that the catching talent available in the market is super thin. And that's very true. Um, He said the supply of talented catchers out there is very thin. It's hard to find a stable major league catching duo. Then he said, fortunately, we have two catchers that have a chance to stay with us for a while. That's obviously implying Haas and and Rodgers, who both have a lot of team control left. Neither have played very much at the major league level here. So um, that's that's the quote. There's an Eric Haas-specific quote, too, that we'll get into on the other side of this. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at bet online betonline.net is your number one source of sports betting info news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional sport and amateur league out there from football to basketball soccer esports they've got it covered at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well they're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts All right, everybody, we are back here for the second segment of Locked on Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. For your second listen, check on the Locked on Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. The Locked on Sports Today podcast available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Eric Haas. So, fascinating comment here. Asked about Hasi specifically, says, quote, I think he can put up a I think he put up a pretty strong case this year in asking about being the starting catcher going into 2023. Said that, then said he is one of the catchers that will impact us for us this year. 
I always value versatility. He's comfortable with implications that he will play probably some left field this year. So that's fine. That's fine. If, if uh, everybody's a big fan of Eric Haas, like I said, he was probably the best hitter on the team opening day to game 162. And that is not somebody you want to get rid of. Obviously my thing is if he's versatile, then why not bring in another catcher and Eric Haas can get a lot more at bats in the corner of a uh, corner outfield and can get at bats, obviously as the catcher of this team, plenty of innings as the catcher, not trying to take that away from him. He more than earned it and more than deserves it. Um, I, I think this is just a catching duo that has never been a catching duo together. And Again, there's still a long time in between when Jake Rogers last took Major League at-bats and got behind the dish and everything. And even if it's not like go out there and get Wilson Contreras, like I'm not asking for that. I'm not asking for like a bona fide 1A caliber catcher. That's not even, that's not at all what I'm, what I'm demanding, right? If they got that, I mean, great. But <laughs> that's not what I'm, that I'm saying I need. I'm just saying some other catching depth piece at a minimum. You got to give me something. You got to give me, uh, uh, even if it's a, like by definition, a depth, depth signing, even if it's just somebody that that's going to be a fringe major league catcher, like you, you just have to give me some other option. And maybe they view Michael Papirski as that option. Maybe that waiver claim is just who they think fills that void, but and anything in between Wilson Contreras and a depth signing is okay with me too. <laughs> like I just, I need, I need something else behind the dish as well. Not instead of, but on top of the two catchers we have, I would be a lot more comfortable with a third one, but these comments definitely, I don't want to say heavily imply because I don't want to put words in anybody else's mouth, but it, it certainly looks like he's not, at the edge of his seat, like Scott Harris needs to get a catcher right now and is a huge player in the catching market. Now we'll see. We'll see what comments, the weight that comments hold for Scott Harris, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We, we have a lot of GMs in the history of this team and in this city with a lot of different personalities. Some you could take at their words, some you couldn't. Uh, some didn't talk a lot. Some were very transparent. So we'll see how much weight this ends up holding. But uh, as it stands right now on Tuesday, December 6th, it does not appear that the Tigers are going to be huge players in the starting catcher market, at least based on these comments. Um, so that I thought was definitely something to bring up some coaching personnel changes that I want to address and additions. Uh, Gary Jones will be the 2023 third base coach. He was the first base coach in 2022. So moving across the diamond, Gary Jones, great coach, very highly respected in that dugout. Players love him. Fine with him sticking around. Nelson Perez is the new strength and conditioning coach. He previously worked with the Cleveland Guardians. Shane Wallen is the new performance coach, and he has experience with the Cubbies and has experience with the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm pretty, uh, I don't know, intrigued by that, to say the least. 
So there you go. Just a few coaching changes really quickly that I feel the need to address because I want to keep you up to date on everything going around this organization. Another fascinating comment. This is probably the most fascinating one of, of the entire, I don't know if it was really a press conference, but this was probably the most fascinating thing that came out of the comments that he made. He made it clear that they want to invest in young players. The quote is, earmark at-bats and innings for our young players. One of the most valuable resources this organization has is opportunity at the major league level. Wow. Right. So when we talk about the stopgap signings that we have become so accustomed to and that I have said this offseason that I'm tired of and done with, that sounds like those might be a thing of the past. Not every situation is unique, and it's we shouldn't just be like, oh, well, we're not going to sign any one-year deals. We've already done one this offseason. Um, so like, it, it certainly doesn't just mean we're done with one-year deals and whatnot. But I do think that this somewhat implies that if they have the choice between a young player – that they are going, and whatever, an outside talent, that they're going to at least a lot more heavily consider the young player than maybe teams of Tigers past. And at the end of the day, he keeps reiterating that he just wants to make the team better, and that's obviously great and fine and dandy. We've been hearing that for a long time. We need to actually see it. I'm totally with y'all on that. The... Again, I'm comfortable saying the implication that the young talent will get a lot more of a look is certainly something that I guess is nice to hear. I don't know. I feel like that depends on what you, the listener, the person that's hearing that comment, whatever. I, I feel like that's that's almost somewhat subjective on if you think that's good news or bad news, <laughs> right? Like I, I almost feel like that's, that's a, almost a, a personal opinion on what you think about that quote. I think that uh, I, I, I guess kind of what I said a couple of minutes ago, like I, I think each situation is unique and, and certainly some, I will be okay with giving a young player more of a look. That's obviously what we want. We added what five players to the 40 man roster. That's a lot. Like, I don't know if I made that clear on that episode, but, but when we, protected five players from the rule five when we added five players to the 40-man roster in a day that's a that's a lot so I and I like all the players that we added to the 40-man and I like a lot of our prospects on the 40-man the Cridlers and and such of of the 40-man roster um where the team stands right now I would say that we still definitely need some outside help I would be, admittedly, I would be pretty frustrated if we roll in to the spring and just go, well, our one move of the offseason is bringing back Matthew Boyd and the rest we're just going to let the kids play. That would that would frustrate me. That would not be okay, really, in my eyes. That's not what I want to accomplish this offseason. But... Saying to, that he wants to earmark at-bats at, and innings for young players, I think that in a, in a vacuum is a great sign because that means that when players get called up, 
they will get called up with the intent of playing. We're not going to have young talent just sitting on the bench at the major league level. And they're going to make it a point to play the young talent that is called up to the major league level. And that I can appreciate. And, and, and that I like to hear. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I guess that's really the, the motto for a lot of this is we'll see what happens. But that was, I, I think a really fascinating conversation that I'm sure a lot of people have different opinions on what they feel when they hear that quote um, rule five draft. He pretty much said, we don't have an update on the rule five. He was like, yeah, we have a, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I've been really busy was kind of the card he played, which is probably fair, but um, he, yeah, Scott Harris essentially said, we don't have a stance on, he's like, I don't even know if I'm taking someone in the rule five draft yet was basically what he said. That's Wednesday, by the way. Um, and, and yeah, stated that he, they haven't had time to go down that road yet. And I, obviously they will do their homework and whatnot. I have faith in that, but uh, so no update there. Um, another thing I thought was interesting, Brennan White comments, uh, one of the newer additions to the 40-man roster, probably the biggest surprise addition, I think that's fair to say, of the 40-man roster. Basically said he really liked his fastball that misses bats uh, at the top of the zone, but really reiterated that Brennan White pounds the strike zone. We talked about that on this show when he was added. He doesn't walk very many batters, and that's something that, Scott Harris is very keen on and very fond of players that do that. And yeah, he basically said he, we might see him sooner than people expect sooner rather than later. So definitely interesting there. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it for all the Scott Harris comments. Boom. Got through everything. Still got a whole segment to talk about the rest of the league. That's exactly what I wanted. And we will do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here of Locked on Tigers. I'm re-going over my show prep just to make sure I got everything. And I think I did. So uh, any news and notes around the Tigers? Not really. Uh, not not really any any rumors or anything regarding, you know, like the Tigers might be in on this person or whatnot. Haven't heard anything in that regard. So there you go. There's your Tigers update for, for the market and free agents and whatnot. I, I do I know that people are starting to sign and, and people are flying off the board and the Tigers aren't a part of any of these. I would say that the Tigers, I never expected them to get like one of the top players on the market. I don't think that they were really swinging that hard, like swinging for the fences and in terms of that. But I will say that there is still a lot of talent out there that would make this team much better very quickly. This team still has a lot of holes as well. And I don't think that they're just going to go, well, we're not going to fill any of the holes and just let all of the, the youngsters play. I don't think it's going to be that black and white. I think they will bring in talent, but also will, again, judge each situation individually and uniquely and decide what they want to do from there with, with certain individual players that are, that are younger and that, Younger? Yeah, younger. And young that are... I don't know why that sounds so weird. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know why that sounded weird coming out of my mouth, but I think you get what I'm trying to say. Like, they they will certainly do their homework and they will make additions to this roster. Uh, it just might not be the, the bright and flashy signings that people 
want because it's been so long since we've had any of them. And I am totally with you. I feel the same way. But I, I never expected that. And I don't think that should we really should expect that going forward. The, the bright, flashy, huge names coming here. The bright, flashy, huge names did, however, start signing. And Justin Verlander, former Detroit Tiger. Um, look, I, I made it pretty clear several times throughout this offseason that he wasn't coming back this year. Like, that was just never going to happen. Um, ridiculous money, eh? Crazy money. Crazy money. Holy cow. He got a two-year deal, $43 million a year. AAV of 43 mil, like $86 million over two years. And then he has a vesting option the third year. So if you're not familiar, a vesting option, there's like club options, which is the club decides if they want to exercise it. There's player options, which is the player. There's mutual options, which is both have to agree on coming back or else they don't. And then there is the vesting option. Vesting option is you have to hit a certain criteria, I guess is the word, uh, in order, you have to reach certain marks in order for that option to be activated. So for Verlander, the vesting option is hindering on how many innings he pitches in year two of this contract. Year one will be 2023, year two will be 2024. And I think Morosi said if it was 140 innings pitched for him. So if Verlander pitches 140 innings in 2024, then he will be back on the Mets in 2025. And that year, I'm pretty sure it was $35 million. Buckle up, uh, because as a Tigers fan, your media intake is going to be a living heck. Uh, because for the next two years, you are never going to stop seeing Oh my goodness, look, Verlander and Scherzer are reunited. Here's pictures of them in Tigers uniforms when they were younger and still really good, and now they're in their 40s and they're still really good. You're not going to be able to escape it. It's been less than 24 hours since he's been a Met, and I've already seen exactly 9,362 tweets about, I've been keeping track, about how they used to be Tigers teammates together. And half of those had pictures of them in Tigers uniforms. So, as you can tell, I'm not mad about it. But I hope that you aren't either. Okay? Good for Verlander, though. Absolutely deserved. That's what is going to happen with pitchers and really probably players in general. But pitcher is pretty unique, so probably more so those. As they get later in their careers. Um, you didn't really see too many 40 year olds that were free agents after a Cy Young season in baseball history. That's not a very common occurrence. And so I think when you have the talents of Scherzer and Verlander this late in their career, still putting up the numbers that they're putting up, uh, I think you're going to see a lot more of this going forward, just like insane AAV, but for only a year or two or three. So props to Verlander, hats off. Uh, if he's still really good by the end of the contract, then we'll see where the Tigers are at two or three years from now. 
Um, I know everybody wants the reunion. I don't think that it's out of the question. My thing is, I think Verlander's a freak, and I think he's going to pitch until he's like 47 years old. And if his production maybe starts declining at 45, and the Tigers are on the way up, and Verlander only at, truly, like for real, only has a year or two left, then maybe he can end his career with the Tigers. But it's not. it was never going to happen this offseason. And I, it's not happening anytime soon. And if he's still really good, like an all-star caliber pitcher, by the end of the current Mets deal, then it's not going to happen then either. Okay? Hate to be blunt about it, but, like, that's just the reality of the situation. Okay? Um, what else? Trey Turner. I actually really like this deal for the Phillies. Um, I know it's a lot of years. 11 years is really scary. That's a long commitment. But Trey Turner is one of the better shortstops in the game of baseball and to get him for, I look more at the AAV to get him from less than $30 million a year in today's day and age is I think a phenomenal get the no trade clause doesn't matter. You have so much money tied up. You were there was really no situation where you ever would have traded him. Um, so I, I, that like that didn't matter to me. I, I really do like that. And this is Dombrowski again, and he spends money. And, oh, he spends money and he depletes your farm system. You know what else he does? He wins always, literally everywhere he's been. He has never not won, actually. So <laughs> I don't care, like, for me. And I know that, you know, people like to argue about that all the time. Um, and, like, yes, when he left, he left us with no farm system. Absolutely. But he also left after a decade of winning so I, I i don't know i this is just another in my eyes really solid dombrowski move like i said i i think this is I mean, it's not a bargain it's still whatever 28 27 million dollars a year but um i i i really like this deal for for philadelphia i think that that's uh something that they can live with now and certainly you know price contracts have only gotten bigger over the last decade so five, seven, 10 years from now, I mean, that AAV is going to look even less than it does today. So I, I really, I, I really, really like that Trey Turner deal for the Phillies. Uh, Dansby seems like there's a few teams in on him. Uh, I'm starting to finally, for the first time all off season, not think that he's going to go back to the Braves. And, you know, I actually think he's going to be a Cardinal. Um, that's like my take right now. I think, I think Dansby to the Cardinals and they're going to have the greatest infield defense maybe in the history of Major League Baseball. I'm so serious. You have Goldschmidt at first. You have Arenado at third. You'll have Dansby at short and Tommy Edmond at second base. That is straight up one of the best defensive infields I've ever seen in my lifetime, um, if that were to happen. So that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. But we'll see. He is a very big market, as all the shortstops do. Bogarts to the Diamondbacks? I mean, that'd be crazy. I'm down for Arizona to start spending spending money. I'm totally down. I love when teams like exit a rebuild and start throwing money around. It's like my favorite thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Sure, that's a question mark. Maybe that happens. Uh, Kyle Gibson to Baltimore, one-year, $10 million deal. Sound familiar? Yeah, Kyle Gibson at 35 years old, um, former all-star. Gets the same contract as uh, Matthew Boyd. Take with that information what you will. Only other two 
news and notes of the day. The big ones were Carlos Correa is talking a lot with the Cubs. That seems to be some pretty mutual interest on there. They were also interested in him last offseason, too, so that doesn't really surprise me at all now that the Twins are seem to be out of the sweepstakes, to be honest with you. Uh, I would be pretty surprised at this point if Correa went back to Minnesota. That's going to look really weird on his baseball reference in like 10 years. You're going to look back and be like, here's all these years in, in Houston. Here's all these years in wherever he's going to sign this offseason. There's just one weird year where he got paid like $35 million to play for the Twins, and they were not good. That's going to kind of look weird optically by the end of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I the Cubs have been building, like really under the radar building for the last couple of years. They've been spending in free agency, even though they're not very good. And they're doing that so that when they have start promoting prospects and start – building up at the major league level and and the talent that is in the minors right now gets to the majors that they already have some major league talent there to help them so um, I kind of like the direction they're heading I guess but it's at the end of the day it's still the Cubs so we got to remember that Um, the only other one was Carlos Rodon apparently this is via MLB trade rumors who shout out MLB trade rumors went from just like a, a rumors website back in the day. And now it's like a reputable source that like beat writers like source. So like, that's a super cool career arc. And, and yeah, that very impressive by, by, uh, by the, the person behind MLB trade rumors to, to do that. But um, Carlos Rodon apparently is asking for six years. It's a lot of years for somebody who we've talked about on the show has some uh, throwing arm, concerns i wouldn't say issues they're more concerns than issues because he's pitched a, a quite a few innings over his last two seasons but every every time he's a free agent everybody goes oh but like what about the arm like who knows because he got hurt a lot when he was younger and so i understand it from his perspective you want to lock up long term because you know every front office is like eh, i don't know it's so like makes sense for him um i don't know if a team's gonna bite on it but I also think the AAV obviously matters. But six years, six years for Carlos Rodon. The Tigers, that'd be cool. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down for the Tigers to get literally anybody we've talked about on this episode because we we need it. We need it. Like I said, still a lot of holes on this team. All right, I think that's all I got. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. For your second listen, check on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard. And behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. The Locked On Sports Today podcast available on the app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Um, final thoughts. Moves will be made. I promise. I know we're all impatient. I am too. But we'll, we'll see what happens. MLB Draft Lottery. Tuesday. Today, as you're listening to this. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll know where we draft tomorrow. Rule 5 on Wednesday as well. So we'll talk about the Rule 5. Um, yeah, that'll probably be tomorrow's show right there. Any other moves that are made, um, we'll, we'll talk about for sure. And then we'll talk about the rule five and then we'll talk about the draft lottery and yeah, that'll probably be tomorrow's show. Um, oh, to everybody who corrected me about, um, I kept saying rifting yesterday and that's obviously not correct that a rift is a, uh, a crack in the ground. So um, I, I appreciate it. And like the thing that I love about like the community that I'm so blessed to have um, like to, to talk to like th- this community, the lockdown tigers community, 
the thing that's so cool about it is like y'all are just like so nice. And so uh, like I screw up and instead of the usual stuff that I get like super bad anxiety about like, oh, like you're, you know, you're stupid. Like this is how it's supposed to be. Like every single person that pointed it out was beyond nice, like so nice. And you have no idea how much I appreciate and respect and really appreciate is the word like that because um, I, yeah, I have, I have very, very, very uh, bad struggles with anxiety. And, and so the, the, you know, knowing that I can make a mistake and I'm not going to wake up to 90 people you know, calling for my head and, and telling me how dumb I am is, is very appreciated. So I, I greatly appreciate this community, each and every one of y'all. Um, I, I love dearly and I'm, yeah, I'll say it again, very appreciative of for real. You have no idea how much um, this job and this community mean to me. So appreciate each and every one of y'all. We'll be back tomorrow. Another day of winter meetings, baby. I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. I know we haven't done anything, but like this is, it's been three years since we've been able to, to have like a real winter meetings. I'm so happy we're back. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.